0: what's so weird is people that are out there that are learning in any kind of improvement methodology now are not being taught about value and waste and the difference between them. And, you know, you don't hear that many, many people talking about the eight waste or seven waste. It's not necessarily in the forefront of learning for people that are just getting into improvement. And it's like, that's of fundamental that you understand what's considered you know a valuable design process wise and what's not valuable design process and so that you can build you know better work systems
1: hi everybody i'm elizabeth swan and i'm tracy o'rourke and we're from the just in time cafe and welcome to our podcast At the cafe, we wrestle with tough questions, talk to groundbreakers, discuss great books, and get insights from lean Six Sigma practitioners who are making a difference in the world. We also let you in on
2: helpful apps, we bring you the news, and challenge the status quo so you can build your
1: problem-solving muscles. Hey Elizabeth, so what's on the cafe menu today? Uh,
2: Tracy, today's highlight is our interview with power consultant, Karen Martin. Karen is a prolific author and has been a Lean Six Sigma juggernaut for decades. We're going to get the inside scoop on her online learning center, TKMG Academy. And for hot apps, we're highlighting a diagnostic tool set that uses data to help you build stronger teams. And for Q&A, we address the issue of one and done problem solvers. Once they've been through a workshop, maybe have a coveted certificate, how do you leverage Lean Six Sigma trained employees into consistent contributors?
1: Happy New Year, Tracy. (laughs) That sounds awesome. That's a great way to kick off the new year, Elizabeth. I agree, I agree. Up next it's Hot Apps.
2: Yeah, this app is called Valence or Valance. Uh, it's a suite of assessment tools. It basically gives managers data-based insights on how to better support their people. So what did you think, Tracy?
1: It's got a lot of cool options. There's a team health diagnostic. There are personality assessments. There's something called lightweight 360s. They got They've got personalized team coaching tips all driven uh, AI, I'm sorry, AI driven conversation tools and shared commitment trackers. What I really like about this is this is really important. I think people are finally realizing how important team dynamics is and recognizing they're responsible for it. So I really like this tool because it is important and it makes it easy to keep this top of mind and it creates a system. So That's a lot of ways that they're offering to get a sense of team health. A lot of tools, they provide data for managers to learn from. And there's one app called Align. So team members rate the team on things like speed of decision-making, psychological safety, and whether the team focuses on the right things. Then they score it on a two-by-two matrix. One axis addresses how well the team performs on this topic, and the other axis allows the assessor to rate how important that factor is to them. So then you get these four quadrants. And as a manager, you'd want to address the things that fell into the quadrant of things that are important to the team, but they are not good at. And it's not all focused on diagnosing the team. There's coaching tips and artificial intelligence based coaching. It provides advice based on the results to help managers lead bread better, which I love. It's pretty comprehensive and Again, I'm going to say if you're if you're a manager and you're struggling with how to make be a better leader, really, this sounds like a really great solution. And honestly, I feel like people shy away from finding a coach because maybe they're not comfortable with someone, or I don't know they 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 don't want to feel vulnerable for some reason. And I think this is this could be a tool that could help leaders get the help, and get the assessments that they need to at least try to improve what's happening in their teams. So you can have the team go through the assessment again in three months to see if, if they've moved the needle. Yeah, and that
2: was just one suite of tools that you just described called Align. You know, there's sections devoted to remote teams. They've got a tool called perspective That's a personality diagnostic. There's another one called Habit. It, what a great idea. It helps you set new habits and then hold yourself accountable. You know, we could all use that. Um, and then Reflect360, you mentioned, um, lets you do quick rounds of feedback, right? So it's only 16 questions. And that's why they call it light, because it's not long. And you might be more likely to use it then, right, if it doesn't feel like a big, you know, huge postmortem. You know, it just means, mm-hmm. hey, quickly do some feedback. Um, The site had a lot to explore. The app was recommended to us by Marnie Garonsky of Roche. And she was a member of our most recent Lean Six Sigma Leadership class. And she found the software really helpful when coaching teams to higher performance. She said it was incredibly helpful during their initial transformation efforts. And she said what she liked most about Valance was that they were super customer centric. And you get that sense from their website. They have a ton of free material. There are podcasts, blogs, webinars, case studies, guides, uh, tons of helpful material. The pricing isn't public. You'd need to discuss the package of tools you want, the level of organizational access you need, all of that with one of their reps. Um, but I was impressed and Marnie gave it a very big thumbs up.
1: I'm Yeah, I'm really liking this app too. Like I said, I feel like There's lots of assessments out there. You know, you think about 360, team dynamics, five dysfunctions, the leadership challenge. I mean, there's so many, but uh, what I'm hearing about this is they've really sort of made it a system and very accessible. And um, that can be really helpful when people feel like they're strapped for time and they don't have time for team dynamics or improvement. Maybe this will help a little bit in terms of being efficient about it.
2: Efficient team dynamics. I like it. Yeah. I'm Elizabeth Swan, and you're listening to the Just in Time Cafe podcast. In a short while, you get to hear our interview with Karen Martin, who's written many books supporting continuous improvement and not too long ago launched her own online teaching platform. Next up we tackle a leadership issue organizations invest in building the problem solving skills of their employees, but sometimes that ends with a certificate. You know what are some ways to leverage Lean Six Sigma trained employees. How about you Tracy what's your experience with this dilemma I know we've talked about it.
1: Yes, um, I have, you know, this is a pet peeve of mine honestly of the certificate process. And certification is people go through the class and the expectation is they do a project and they have their certificate. And if the company doesn't require any additional projects out of you, that's it. Most people sometimes won't do any additional projects. So I always encourage people, especially people coming out of the UCSD Greenbelt class that we teach is Really, for your personal growth, you should be doing two projects a year, every year. If you want to, con- you know, this is was an investment in your time, in building skills, and you're going to let those atrophy if you don't continue to apply them. And and it really feels good when I hear people say, I cannot not see this waste anymore. I can't see blockage and flow. I can't see when we don't have value and, and it's sort of like they can't help it, but now that they've got projects going. So I really like it when they say, oh my gosh, I just finished this project. and I have like five more I can choose from because there's so much to do. And I love that because to me, my hope is that they actually continue that and they really are using those skills. And But I feel like if you don't create that that own goal that people get busy and they don't use it, my you know, what hurts my heart a lot is... Sometimes I have people coming into the greenbelt class and they say, oh, I took this class like five years ago. I never used it. What? Okay, maybe the training wasn't great. Maybe the training didn't help with practical application. But that also tells me that sometimes their leaders or their company doesn't let them spend time working on process improvement. Whatever the reason, whatever the root causes, it's it's sad. So I always try to say, you know, especially if we have OPEX leaders coming in the class, make sure people are continuing to use it. If they have their green belt, great. And how are they coaching other green belts? If they have their black belt, great. And how are they coaching other green belts? How are they helping with the journey? It doesn't stop with the certificate. It's not a destination. It is a pit stop. And you know, you and I, I think I just freaking quoted a paragraph out of our book. So. (laughs) Obviously, I'm kind of passionate about this. <laughs> in a, in about the best you? way.
2: No, in the best way. And it is a pit stop. It is not a destination. And you just you just highlighted some great ways to do this. And we put this question to our leadership group, the Lean Six Sigma leadership class. We just, uh, we had some people recently graduate. And I wanted to just highlight some of the things that they came up with because it's a two-way street. They tell us things I hadn't always thought of. So. One is Mary Kay Baldino, she's head of talent acquisition at R1. And she mentioned two efforts that are making a difference. So she's got two people on her immediate team who are both Lean Six Sigma trained. One is building and implementing dashboards for their process metrics with input from key stakeholders and customers. And the other is rolling out an idea board and an A3 template with training and fun rewards and recognition and she's really happy with the results. So, those are both great ideas, right? You can narrow your scope to simply assigning improvement projects, and you need to do that. That's important, like you just described. Uh, but it's also critical to include people in building infrastructure. And I think you touched on that too when you said, you know, you, now you've got to coach others, right? That's part of your infrastructure. But you also need dashboards to make process capability visible. So, hand that off you know, and idea boards can be a lifeblood. We saw that in the recent Costco webinar. Watch that if you have not. Um, And again, hand that off. So delegation, critical to good leadership. There's a lot of opportunity here, don't you think? Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, jokingly, I kind of say, okay, you got your certificate, but you're not off the hook now. You're in the journey. Right. So, so you know, how are you going to contribute? How are you going to participate? How are you going to move the needle for your organization and for you? Um, so, you know, and and I think it's really easy. People get so busy. They think about it as, oh, one, you know, one and done. Yeah, I did my certificate. I got my green belt. Therefore, I know everything. Or maybe they don't say that. But, um, it, you know, getting away from that, that idea that it's not continuous, right? So we also have a nice idea from another member of the leadership class, Marnie Goronsky, and she is the site lean transformation lead at Roche, and she used an interesting technique to uncover untapped resources. She asked employees to self-identify on their level of lean knowledge and certifications, green belt, black belt, or master black belt, so she could better understand the skills and capabilities that reside at the site. The surprise was that quite a number of employees had backgrounds in lean from working in other companies and who were interested in using their skills to help their teams and other teams, uh, their teams and other teams. So she plans to be much more intentional in the new year in identifying ways to leverage their skills across the site more broadly, which I love. And honestly, I have to say, this reminds me of when I worked at GE, This was my very first process improvement job and the way they did it was really good in terms of the approach and how they implemented an infrastructure. So they had, my boss asked me about my greenbelt projects. You know, it was expected that we did two a year, every year. And when I had one-on-ones with my boss, my boss was asking me about the greenbelt projects. How am I doing? It wasn't a black belt that I didn't report to bugging me and being an ankle biter. (laughs) They, you know, so they really did it right in terms of creating the accountability and responsibility in the line with your leader. And honestly, I'm going to be honest and say, I, the black belt had reached out to me a couple of times when I was a green belt and I kind of blew them off. And then I went to my one-on-one and my boss was like, so what's going on with your green belt project? Have you met with the black belt? I'm, uh, no, but I will. (laughs) Right. So leaders make you pay attention to what's important and if they're not asking about greenbelt projects they're probably going to fall to the wayside so thank you for that marnie i love that idea and i've seen it work
2: yeah i mean and you're showing that what i would call the power of inquiry works on all levels right like you're saying your boss is saying check in with them right ask how are they doing and marnie discovered hey if I just ask, you know, then I found out my bench strength, which of course I don't know unless I check, which is, you know, just a great uh, a great idea to do. And mm-hmm. then, especially if you've got a big bench and lots of people hired that you don't really know their background. But I got another, one more example, from another member of the leadership class and that's Ishan Peterson. She's the Racial Equity and Lived Experience Lead at ICF. And that stands for Inner City Fund. Which has was started to finance minority-owned businesses. So she's got three people called process improvement coordinators. Uh, they're also trained green belts. They use the coordinators as internal consultants to the larger public health department, and they do things like train team leaders on how to run meetings. You know, do that more efficiently. How to run huddles. How to document processes. And that's really smart. You know, we often train people on. DMAIC, you know, define, measure, analyze, improve, and control. Or PDSA, plan, do, check, plan, do, study, act. But we don't always give the finer skills, you know, to these people like running meetings and huddles. You know, giving problem solvers a leg up on basic skills like those will absolutely improve the longevity and depth of your continuous improvement community. So just reflecting, I love the Lean Six Sigma Leadership Class discussions. They have such great insights They are experimenting all the time and
1: I learned from them too. Don't you? Absolutely. I think I want to buy a shirt that says, I love Lean Six Sigma leadership class. (laughs) (laughs) No, because they're in the trenches and they're all on this journey. It feels very much like a community. We're all at different places on the journey and they're all dealing with all these other factors that can affect what they implement you know, we always tell people in the class, meet people where they are. So their roadmaps that they develop in terms of what they want to do for the next 18 months to strengthen the process improvement arm of their company, they're always really interesting. And um, just, you can see the level of effort and then they talk about why. And it's just very intriguing to me. And it just tells me, you know, no culture is cookie cutter. this stuff doesn't work the same in every organization. You have to meet people where they are. So that means that the specifics of, you know, behavioral change is going to be different. And I love that. It's like a cultural puzzle that we're trying to help organizations with to try to figure out how to become the best organization they can be. And so that's super interesting to me. I love it. It is. I love it too. I'm Tracy O'Rourke, and you're listening to the Just in Time Cafe podcast. We host these monthly, so you can go to the www.jitcafe.com and go to our podcast page.
2: Coming up next, it's our featured guest, Karen Martin. Tracy, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Karen?
1: Well, we've been talking about her the entire podcast already, so I absolutely would love to. If you don't know Karen Martin already... You should. She is a powerhouse of knowledge and talent. Elizabeth already described her as a juggernaut. She has done so much. It's hard to mention all of her accomplishments, but I'll mention a few. She's the author of several award-winning books, including Clarity First, The Outstanding Organization, and Value Stream Mapping. She's a globally recognized keynote speaker, and she built an organization around consulting and online instruction. She's a specialist in operations design, business performance improvement, and leadership development, and she's also a dear friend. And I'm happy to call her my friend. And I love working with Karen. She's full of energy, full of ideas. She's always wanting to support people. And we are so psyched to have her at the cafe. And she's our first podcast of January 2023. Woohoo! Woohoo! Welcome, Karen. We're looking
2: Hello. forward to it. <laughs> Good to see you both. We so are excited. looking forward to talking to you because we miss you. I miss, miss you, you
0: too. We have to get together
2: again soon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. In the um, studio maybe. Ooh, <laughs> exciting. So I don't know. I was thinking about like Karen, like what's my main impression? I think about Karen. Mainly I, I think, I think <laughs> all of the books you've written, right? I just like, my God, the Brett's like, I, I still go to the Kaizen, you know, rapid improvement event planning. I go uh, process planning process mapping with metrics I made use of that recently with a client um, nice. clarity first you know I love uh, mm. so well so we've um, but your latest endeavor you know has brought you into the realm of asynchronous learning with yes the Martin Group Academy or T K M G Academy. <laughs> yes. Yes. A-M-G. Yeah,
0: people stumble over that TKMG a lot. And as soon as I say, remember it used to be the Karen
2: Martin group, they're like, oh <laughs> I remember. So yeah, well, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm always spelling acronyms out. So before I say them or after I say them, I have to say, what does that mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but just talk to us, like what made you start the Academy? <laughs> So
0: it actually started a pretty long time ago. You know, I was giving those monthly webinars and they were growing in popularity and I was getting more people from across the globe. And then there was one day after one webinar where I got emails from two different people. And I talk about this on the video that's on our homepage. So pardon for any redundancy. But um, there was a woman from Estonia and a gentleman from Zimbabwe. And they both said, you know, we really want to learn more from you. You know, your books are pretty far apart in in terms of the number of years. And we know that you won't come and do a workshop here. Nobody wants to come and do a workshop here in our country because there's not a big enough audience. And please can you just do more online? And I was like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. And, you know, I, I really, I really rejected it out of hand. And then I had a business coach I was working with. It was so interesting because he was like, you know, you are such a great teacher. You just need to be doing online learning. And I said, delivering it. And he said, yeah, I, oh, no, too much work. And and this went on for five years. And then finally, I started getting actually really frustrated with what I saw out there, and um and just decided that I really did want to build a different mousetrap. Maybe not in the delivery method, but in the content. And I just decided, okay, fine. If I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. Let's just do it. And oh my god, it's been a lot of work, but uh, but but worth it. I mean, I I'm really glad that we've got it out there now and and we're growing and it's just it's working out well, but we're launching. Uh, any kind of company during the pandemic, people were like, oh, online learning, it'll be great. It's the pandemic. Everyone has to, you know, everyone's remote. Not Mm -hmm. if there's no budget, you know, if company and, you know, the first thing that gets cut is consulting and training. And um, and so it was a pretty rough go for the first couple Mm of years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And we already know once Karen Martin decides to do something, man, it's going to happen. (laughs) That's what we know about Karen Martin. (laughs) I, I do like to achieve goals. <laughs> so you are now going into this asynchronous instruction. You've brought a lot of production value, a little Hollywood to the world of asynchronous instruction. So, what? So I mean, you could really be anything when it comes to training and, and how you're delivering and how you're coming across. So what are your guiding principles as you develop, let's say, your learning modules?
0: So I love to take things in stages, I always have. And so decided that the first few years would be just getting great content out there. And I'm talking cognitive content. So, you know, one thing, I have a master's degree in adult learning, so I'm very sensitive to the quality of learning. And I'm very aware that you don't learn really by reading a book or listening to someone or any of those types of more cognitive, you know, mindy, you know, brainy things. You learn through application and experience and experimentation and all that. And so, uh, but but the, the fact is that there really hasn't been really... Strong content on a wide variety of, to- of topics related to business performance improvement, where it covers the why and a little bit of why, a little bit of history, if it's relevant, um, and a whole lot of how to. Um, and actually a fairly healthy dose of psychology. We have a lot of psychology in all of our courses because that's what I think makes people successful. And so so we knew that that was going to be the first wave. And then we also knew we were going to start with individuals and then move to enterprise products, which we did successfully this year. That was like... to get that and that done. It, that was no easy feat to get the right products for the enterprise world. So that took a bit. Um but now, you know, I think this next year we're going to just continue to fill the library with the missing courses that aren't there yet. And then I'm going to have to figure out what to do about application and experience and things like that. So I just it hasn't hit me yet. I I mean I've been thinking about it, obsessing about it practically
2: um since the beginning of it.
0: I just don't know what that looks like
2: yet. Yeah. No, that's hard. That's a really hard sort of avenue because obviously the asynchronous world, very clear. Uh, The rest of it, not so clear. And so thinking about, you're just talking about the different phases and you started with individual and you moved toward enterprise. So what, I just thinking about what was your first topic? Like, how did you choose those initial topics? Value and waste. (laughs) <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> like seriously, it's like, you know, that is so fundamental, even though it's what's so weird is people that are out there that are learning in any kind of improvement methodology now are not being taught about value and waste and the difference between them. And, you know, you don't hear that many, many people talking about the eight waste or seven waste, you know, whatever you want, however you want to count them. I've heard 20 wastes um, from someone recently, but it's not, it's not necessarily in the forefront of learning for people that are just getting into improvement. And it's like that's kind of fundamental that you understand what's considered you know a valuable design process-wise, and what's not valuable design process, and so that you can build you know better work systems. So yeah, so Valiant Ways we launched with four courses. It was Valiant Ways, Standard Work. Um, you're testing me there we have 19 now I don't remember which were the first four imagine having 19 kids I don't know which were the first four Karen when are your
1: kids birthdays no <laughs>
0: yeah. um I mean I just remember Valiant waste was like going to be the pivotal you know like launch it and um so and Jennifer does a fantastic job with it so um and that's still the one that when people ask for front lines and what the front lines a lot of our courses actually aren't aren't well-suited for the front lines. You know, they're really more leadership or improvement professionals and things like that. But the one that is suited for everyone is value and waste. So that's Mm -hmm. the one that, you know, I recommend for everybody.
1: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you've got 19, you're still going to work on more. Do you have any particular topics that were your favorite or that you had, you enjoyed doing the most as an example? So far? Yeah.
0: Wow, that's hard. So every course has brought me surprises. You know, you think you understand something until you have to, so the the process of writing these courses is, is no easy feat. It's like three months of writing, as you both know. Um, three months of figuring out first of all what's the scope how far do you want to go um, and then figuring out what you can reasonably pack into an hour to two we were aiming for an hour but some of our courses are two hours I mean that's that's not that long to pack in a lot of content and we want to not pack it in in a kind <laughs> of way, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we want to pack it in, in a way that people want to learn. And, um, and that means, you know, giving examples and sprinkling in visuals and keeping the brain and the eye connected. And I'm obsessed with the brain and the eye and, you know, and, you know, the timing of things coming in and going out. And Elizabeth, we were just working on one of yours this morning for your up and coming, creating a visual workplace. Yeah, um, and so we were, uh, Nick and I were talking about this one animation, and I said, no, it's coming in too too, too soon. They need to listen to her, un- uninterrupted and listen to her. And then we need to bring in the supporting visuals to help deepen what they're learning. And so I'm kind of like a mad scientist when it comes to the timing of the, the movement and which ones have movement and which ones don't have movement, the size of the font, the type of font. It's it's kind of, I'm kind of obsessed.
2: Um <laughs> No, you remind me of working with folks, you know, uh, who would develop webinars and, you know, say, what do you think? You know, look at this. And I'm thinking, well, if there's a big old screen of text, nobody's listening to you. You know, I mean, those are some of the basics. And obviously you've moved beyond into really more of the science. Like you said, like, how long do I wait here? How long on this image? Or I, I feel like you also are really good at mixing, like, you know, now you're looking at an image, now you're looking at a consultant talking, now you're, now you're looking at some key points, you know, like you really give, I think readers brain breaks and, okay. and challenge their, um, different senses, which I think that switch up is so key.
0: Yeah, we and another one we were talking about today, just an example of all that is that there's an on screen with instructor, which is just a full screen and and you're not on it at all. And it has, I think, five or six, I forget, different points. And but what you do is you give it's it's an icon that expresses what you're talking about. And then you explain a little bit and then there's another icon. And then then you say so we the big debate was, do we switch back and forth so they can see you? Or do we need to keep it because it's not quite enough time to switch back and forth without making people, you know, crazy with and dizzy? Yeah. And so, you know, so we, you know, we're very thoughtful on, you know, when do we move, when when do we not move? So I'm I'm glad you're picking up on that because it's yeah. it, it takes a long time to get the editing done. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, absolutely. I mean, we uh, cats out of the bag. We we have all been through the experience of helping you build a course, and wow, what a production! I had. You know, we have done online courses before, but there there was nothing like this, and I was very impressed with just the level of the caliber behind it, the how many people were involved, the writing, the design, the studio, the timing, makeup, hair and makeup, (laughs) hair and makeup. 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 You got a a lot of production. I mean, very professional, very impressed with that. I learned a lot. Going through the, the the process, and I can really appreciate now what what goes into developing a one hour course. So it's very impressive. I really was happy with the outputs and and the trainings that I've seen. So that's super exciting. And you know, I, I, I don't know how to. Um, some of the thinking behind those choices, I would love to hear because I think they're important. I think it really, your products is, you know, very high level, highly professional products. So what were some of those choices, if you don't mind sharing?
0: Yeah. So, and I, can I remind, let's remind us, I want to go back to your question about the the courses that surprised me, or mm. I actually just thought of the two that, that are standout. For but anyway, okay. right back to the choices. So you know, to be honest, we, we looked at LinkedIn learning a lot. Uh, we really watched what their methodology was I actually talked to a couple LinkedIn, LinkedIn learning instructors. They weren't allowed to say hardly anything, but they were able to give just some basic structure of the timing and, and how, how they approached the, the writing. And, um, and I liked that for an asynchronous model, I felt like they really had a, a good model. What, I wanted to do is get people that were in some cases, even more expert than what the LinkedIn learning instructors are. I mean, they have some really, really good people that, that are really um, very high caliber for sure. But there's other instructors that, you know, they've done the work, but they aren't practicing it, you know, for decades and things like that. And so I wanted to do it. So one of the choices was the instructor pool. And, and, you know, someone said, why don't you just hire, it? you're doing all the writing. And I was like, no, I'm not. The instructors are scoping it. We're outlining it together, editing together. You know, it's like, it's a team effort. And they said, well, why don't you just, you know, get a cheap actor to read it? And I go, because they're not authentic and they haven't lived it and they aren't their examples. And like, I'm an authentic kind of gallic. Like, I I don't want to do smoke and mirrors just for the sake of cheapening, you know, the cost it, it's expensive to do. So that was one thing. And then the studio, you know, I interviewed all these people before we decided how we were going to film. And I watched their videos and I was like, oh gosh. You know, <laughs> it was, you know, some of it, and what I don't like is like, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with camera also. Like I don't like it when the new trend right now is, so let's just say this is camera one. These are two camera productions. We only have one. This is camera one I'm looking at. And let's say camera two is over here. What I can't stand is, that this is what you guys are seeing me talking to this camera, I'm not looking at you. You know, <laughs> yeah. it drives me nuts. And I see it all the time on TV and, you know, very high powered shows and things like that, but I wanted it to be intimate. Like I wanted to be talking to the learner. So that's what why we went to a professional studio And then, and we've gotten more professionals, we've gone because of sound. You know, Mm -hmm. the amount of times that we had to cut when we were in, in Pasadena at a studio there because it was next to train tracks. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the instructor, you know, wouldn't necessarily get rattled, but it just is annoying to be in the flow. And then you have to cut and start all over again because of a train. Um, <laughs> and when we were in West Hollywood, it was ambulances and police cars <laughs> and helicopters. So it's lovely to be in Manhattan, in quiet Manhattan beach, you mm-hmm. know, uh, where we have a soundproof studio and
2: and don't have to worry about cuts. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's come back to those two The two courses that surprised you.
0: Yes. So leader standard work was one that was a bear to write. There hasn't been anything written, a lot written about leader standard work. We're all doing it you know, we've all worked with clients for a while and helping them implement it. But, you know, David Mann's book had some leader standard work in it, but there's not a book on leader standard work. There's actually not even really a lot of courses. Um, I couldn't find any courses with leader standard work. So we had to sit down and codify, you know, put in writing what we've been doing organically for years and years and years, and that's not easy. It's like, you just do it kind of innately and then and then you're doing it live with a client. So it's very different when you're trying to package it you know, in a course that people can really understand how you do it. Um, so that one was a surprise. And what happened early in the writing was, I believe it was Whitney on the team. It may have been Brent who delivers the course, but we had a team of people all putting our heads together to write. And I think it was Whitney said, you know, isn't it kind of all about time management? And I thought at first, well, that, I don't know, is it? And then (laughs) we started really playing with it. And yes, it's what you do with your time. But more importantly, it's making the time to do these things. Mm -hmm. And so it started becoming a bit of a time, we had a time management spin to it that I never saw coming. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was uh TWI job instruction training within industry job instruction. You know, I'd never done it. I never brought it to a client. I mm-hmm. had read about it. I knew what it was and everything, but I just never, I, I just never thought it was like, you know, a really big deal to, to have to, you know, to have to learn to do training that way and, and the benefits of it and all that stuff. So it was, it was learners that, that we call our customers learners. It was learners that said, please, 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 will you do a TWI course? And they requested both job relations and job instruction, which are two of the three or four, depending on how you count um, segments to TWI. And so we decided to go with job instruction first, and for those of your of you guys, though, I don't know if you know or not, but for people out there that are listening to this, um, the big thing with job instruction is you teach people how to tie the fire underwriter's knot. It's a complex knot, and that's how you learn how to do this kind of training is by teaching someone how to tie this knot. So we did hire an actor for this. And the whole time I'm writing and Pat Graup, who's one of the co-owners of the TWI Institute, is the instructor on it. So again, we get, we get the real deal with instructors. And so we wrote the course and got it you know, compressed into, I think it ended up being a little over an hour. And we had to hire an actor to be the student learning TWI, uh, learning the, how to tie this knot from Pat. He's the instructor, the trainer she knew nothing about what she was walking into and I and so you know as someone in a studio you don't want cuts you don't want to, have to cut and start all over again like you, and it takes you know you only have a day to film a course and it's a lot of expensive to go over the time that you have it's a, really a big deal so I'm sweating bullets as this this actor this 22 23 year old actor is getting ready to go and start being the student and she knows nothing about what she's getting into and I'm like. That this work. You know, <laughs> I was so nervous. I'm like, are you sure this works? He goes, yeah, it always works. And, um, and so sure enough, this woman is learning how to tie this knot on camera for the first time. And most of it was one take. There were, there were wow. three different phases of it. And I mean, she, and then what was fascinating about it was afterwards, many days afterwards, she said, I can't get that knot out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, he taught me so well. I think about the knot. I dream about the knot. I wake up about, you know, thinking about the knot. And then like literally months later, we were back in the studio and I said, Hey, Claudia, how's it going with the knot? She goes, it, I, I tell that story at parties all the time. It's like, it, <laughs> I can't get it out of my head. Wow. To have new hires come into a job and learn how to do it and not be able to forget it. Yeah. Is, Pretty darn telling on the power behind this methodology. Yes. And, and I am like such a believer. And, you know, it was something I was like, you know, it sounds good, but I don't know. And I'm such a believer in it now.
2: That so a wow, great, that's impressive. That's a great story too. Like it's kind of meta in terms of yeah. like, you know, how you were looking at it. And oh, I was so scared. I was, yeah. so,
0: I was like, I was just sweating, 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 like, oh, Claudia, please nail this.
2: Yeah, you're at the clock and just thinking about, you know, yeah. time and all that. And I'm thinking as someone who's been on stage, you know, when someone looks like what they're doing is rote, like sometimes I see Ted talks or TEDx talks and I'm Me like, too. yeah, this is canned. This is you, you lost your spark. So I feel like you got the spark of a true new learner. You know, you, you got an actor who was not necessarily acting i don't know
0: <laughs> right yeah she wasn't no she was you know there to learn a job and uh boy did she learn it very quickly
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a very powerful methodology um it is yeah i no, we definitely both tracy and i both teach it and uh, yeah. i've been exposed to it so
1: so you know, and we, you know, that Elizabeth and I were involved with online asynchronous learning back in 2017. But I think what's really interesting is since the pandemic, I feel like the bar has been raised. So I feel like people didn't like, most people didn't like online training. And a lot of it was because the stuff that was out there wasn't great. And then everybody was forced, really forced into as online communication, online everything, because of the pandemic, and now I feel like people have the bar is being raised. They're like, ah, that that was horrible. I, you know, we want something better. And so, what are you seeing as changes potentially or trends, even corporate trends, where um, you know the demand and what people are are really wanting? Have you seen anything like that? Uh, yeah. Well. Kind of, but kind of not. So the thing that's weird to me is that
0: there, I'm not hearing of any. Pattern that 80% of the people are saying, yeah. What I'm hearing is so. Here's an interesting little story about when we began, and I was having you know our peer group you know take courses for free and give me feedback, and we were doing our continuous improvement, PDSA, PDSA, PDSA. We do practice what we preach, Um, and so we were going through everything. There were a couple of them that I'll never forget, going like, wow, I need to really take this to heart because of who they are, and they were saying like, nah you know, this asynchronous stuff, eh, you know, we need live, you need to be in a classroom, it needs to be live, people need to be able to see it. And I, I was really, you know, considering that and thinking about, well, maybe they're right, and maybe we do need to do it. But what's fascinating is once we decided to kind of stick with this for now, and went into the marketplace and started talking with customers, we've gotten a ton of feedback that people want nothing to do with a live classroom. Like they want to be able, so what we did again, kind of copying the LinkedIn learning model, um, our courses are broken into little modules They're five to 10 minutes long, a couple are shorter. I don't think any of them are longer. And people love, like now this is not how I can learn effectively but a lot of people have given us feedback. They love watching like five or 10 minutes, you know with their coffee in the morning. And then the next morning they watch two more of the modules, we call them lessons. You know, then they watch two more and it, you know, it may take them a week to get through an hour course. But they love that and um and so you know there's a there's a big group of people out there that seem to be really comfortable with asynchronous learning if it's good asynchronous learning and yeah. so i'm a little worried that we might be kind of like edging toward throwing the baby out with the bathwater. that it might be that it's the visuals or the intonation of the instructors or the content itself or mm-hmm. the like you, you know there's a lot that goes into keeping someone engaged Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know, I, I I don't, I don't know what the future holds, but we are actively seeking opinions all the time about what method do they like to learn in.
2: Mm-hmm. And and we're getting a fair number of people saying, we like this. Good. Uh-huh. That's what you want to hear. We like what you're doing. That's good. I just want <laughs> yeah. to say more of that to me. I, I yeah. enjoy that.
0: I mean, I'll pivot like I'll pivot so fast if the market goes in a different direction and, and yeah. the and you know it's what the market wants. It's what, oh, yeah. what they value. And and I'll pivot like like you know, you know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> You'll be a blur, Karen. We won't even see as you pivot. We'll like... Yeah,
0: but I I'm, I'm just not hearing that yet. So we'll see.
2: Yeah. This is great. Actually, this is more in uh in-depth and great background because obviously we came out there, we went all Hollywood with you. But um, <laughs> yeah. this is giving us, I think, a better sense of where you came from and kind of what you've learned. And, and I especially love that story you told about uh, t- training within. Industry. Claudia. Yeah, she was, she was.
0: She was fantastic. Yeah, there's there's a lot to to what we do. And, you know, I mean, we we're not going to talk about pricing so much. However, I will say that, you know, it's like a big gulp when you look at the cost to produce one of these courses and you see what we're selling it for, but I wanted it to be reasonably priced so that we could appeal to, you know, all, all people of all walks and things like that. So we're, you know, we are going to have price increases. You have to, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but um, it it's, you know, so
2: the underlying message is buy now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Karen is there anything um you want to share with your audience? We didn't ask you we we get you know we have as usual want to gab with you for quite some time. but uh, we're we're coming to the yeah. end of our session. but anything we missed um. No, I think it's just going to be, I
0: love not knowing exactly where we're going. Like, I Mm -hmm. like having a general idea, but not knowing exactly, you know, I'm playing around with the idea of maybe a little more personal development, you know, things to help people become better professionals and not just improvement related, you know, Mm -hmm. content. Um, But I don't know, you know, if we're going to land there or not. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just, we have a really long list and I've been, you know, starting to ask the peeps, you know what they what they want, and um, we'll
2: see. We'll, we'll finalize our twenty twenty three list pretty shortly. So. Well, bated breath, and it's awesome having you back at the cafe, Karen. Yes, it's it's fun cheers fun. to y'all! And, yes. and you
1: I'm going to tell you amazing. right now, I like seeing you online, but I like seeing you in person too. So hopefully, we get to do that. Like we're going to
0: play some pickleball in San Diego. That's Ooh. right. Oh, that is that is so. <laughs> I never down I can't wait to play. Okay.
2: I'm scared. Fresh meat, Tracy. She's a good teacher. She's a good teacher. She's competitive. I sucked as...
0: at tennis. And
2: so I'm like, oh, I don't know about pickleball. We'll see. Tracy's a good teacher. It's good. a lot of
0: fun. Okay, good. I can't wait.
2: Um, all right, Karen. We'll we'll be seeing you as soon as we can and uh, Tracy even sooner and uh, take care.
0: And thank you both for coming on as instructors. And you both did a fabulous job. And so excited to get your course out there as well, Elizabeth.
2: Oh, yeah. Here's to the new year. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Be sure to register for our January 26th webinar featuring Toyota veteran Jennifer Tankenau. Jennifer's going to address the issue of mixed messages coming out of organizations, and how to turn that around to ensure that communication pulls everybody toward the same goals. It's our first webinar of 2023. We are starting the year off right, so do not miss this.
1: Well, this has been a fabulous year. We have been so psyched to have your company for 2022. We hope you continue to join us every month at the Just in Time Cafe in 2023 because it's only going to get better.
2: Keep making this the place to get your jolt of lean caffeine. See you at the cafe.